light of infinite. When we go through and share our own difficulties, just sort of navigating life and talking to others, makes us realize how each of us are our own complex universe, and each universe is affected by the other. It's why spreading joy and light is such an important part of life, as each person has the ability to ignite the other person's light and positive outlook, or God forbid, diminish it. As it's written in the Holy Zohar, if from down here below a person shows a luminous countenance, in the same way does a luminous countenance shine upon him from above. And if he is melancholy, strict justice is mirrored back at him. In this spirit it's written, serve God with joy, the joy a mortal elicits from another supernal joy. Similarly, the world below being thus crowned draws down blessings upon itself from above. In this parasha, we see Avram focus on serving Hashem with joy and being of service to others for this very reason. Hashem appeared to Avram in the plains of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance of the tent in the hottest part of the day. Avram lifted his eyes and saw, behold, three men were standing over him. He perceived, so he ran toward them from the entrance of the tent and bowed toward the ground. Just this first pasuk, this verse from the parasha, has so much packed in it. As is the general practice when learning, we begin with Rashi who explains that this is where we learn that Hashem visits the sick. Because Avram just had his breed, the circumcision, at the old age of 99, and these men, as we learn, are emissaries of God. This is spelled out in the Oral Torah of the Talmud Sota, page 14a, where Rav Chama ben Chanina says, It was the third day since Avram's Brit Milah, and Hashem came to inquire on his welfare, as the verse indicates his sitting with his still healing injury. The verse mentions the heat of the day not to tell us the temperature for its own sake, but rather to let us know that the heat was meant to give Avram a chance to rest, as visitors would be discouraged to travel during such heat. But then Hashem saw that Avram was saddened that no visitors arrived, so Hashem sent three angels disguised as mortals. He lifted his eyes and beheld three men. As we learn in Rashi and Talmud Bava Metziah, the angels were none other than Michal, Raphael, and Gabriel. The wording of brought angels instead of he sent angels is meant to show that Hashem would have sent angels regardless, but in this instance he brought them in the form of humans because Avram wanted visitors. And so he brought Michal to bring good news to Sarah that she would be giving birth to a son in a year's time. And he brought Raphael to heal Avram and Gabriel to overturn Sodom. We learn in the Talmud that greater than receiving the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence, is the mitzvah of receiving guests. I guess it's easy for Avram to say that since he received both Shekhinah and the guests. But in seriousness, from the perspective of us all being a part of Hashem, it's one and the same. With each new person we welcome in, we welcome in a new aspect of Hashem. Rambam Maimonides echoes the same teaching, but learns it from the word in the Pasuk, He saw, behold, three men. Avram was in communion with Hashem in his divine oneness, yet somehow he was still able to see and worry about passerbys. Can you imagine the level of holiness you'd have to be on to be able to have an opportunity to communicate directly with Hashem? And you stop to worry about someone passing by? In Chassidut, there is a focus of nullifying the self, transcendence of self. As the Mishnah states in Avot, nullify your will before his will, but never that over losing sense of the other, as that is Hashem's will. Rambam proves this from the actions of Avram, that even when he was in the infinite, all-consuming light of Hashem, he still worried about the hunger of a passerby. So we see from Avram that what we call while studying Gemara, a kalva chomer, that if Avram was worried about receiving guests while in the presence of Hashem, how much more so is the importance of receiving guests when not yet in the space of receiving the Shekhinah. Of course, there's no place where Hashem is not present, but as Rav Samson Raphael Hirsch teaches, when a person offers himself completely to Hashem, as Avram did, he is worthy of actually seeing the Shekhinah. This was later seen with Moshe, the greatest of all prophets, who was said to have actually seen Hashem's face. 
course, this doesn't mean literally all are just attributes articulated for our own relation to something beyond us. But it does illustrate the level one can reach when they truly nullify themselves to oneness and the entire purpose of creation. The Khatam Sofer says that despite his pain of the Brit Milah, Avram was saddened by not being able to do the mitzvah of welcoming guests. And in this saddened state, he couldn't receive prophecy. As it says in Talmud Shabbat, the Shekhinah dwells only in an atmosphere of joyous performance of the mitzvot, the commandments. But the moment Avram beheld the passerbys, he immediately went into a revealed state of joy, and it was that state of joy that enabled him to receive the prophecy, the Shekhinah. The emphasis on he saw, Vaera, shows that he was aware, but he took that further by running to perform the mitzvah, despite being in a massive amount of pain from the Brit Milah. While a lesser person would see but be distracted by Hashem's presence and pause in that mitzvah, Avram did the opposite, he ran to do the mitzvah. So the Pasa continues, he perceived, so he ran toward them from the entrance of the tent and bowed toward the ground. Avram's bowing was not to them and their honor, but in gratitude to Hashem for not only gifting him with the Shekhinah, but also with the opportunity to perform a mitzvah of Hachnasat Orchim, which is hospitality. Rashi points out that previously Avram would bow for the Shekhinah only, but now that he had experienced a Brit Milah, he could receive his guests and receive the Shekhinah simultaneously. The Shekhinah's appearance when Hashem finds favor in our eyes happens again in Parshat Ve'ikra, when the Mishkan is erected in the desert and they went out and blessed the nation and the glory of Hashem appeared to them. The Shekhinah didn't appear to issue any commands, but simply to honor Bnei Israel, just like with Avram here and Yaakov in response to his good deeds in Parshat Ve'etze, and the angels of Hashem met him. There are two acts that we actually complete for Hashem. One is giving to the poor, as we learn in future Parshiyot, Hashem's love for the poor is evidenced by their temple sacrifice being valued just as much, no matter how small they may be. So you might ask, why the poor are not taken care of in this world if Hashem loves them in this way? The reason is that it's our job to partner with Hashem and to fulfill the mitzvah of making sure they are taken care of. It's similar with Brit Milah. One could ask if it's a sign of our covenant with Hashem, then why would we not be born with it? The answer is because it's our job to take a physical action and create the covenant, a partnership literally seen on the body that we have taken part in and taken personal action towards. And so to take this covenant and to spread joy and light, it's important that one's tzedakah, charity, manifests in more than just money. The power of tzedakah is that you literally give life to somebody. They go from a lowly state of hopelessness and darkness to a state of feeling life itself and hope and light again. I saw this the other day when I was leaving Minyan for Shacharit. A woman sitting at the exit asked for money. I told her I just gave to someone inside, so I'm not sure, but I will check. And then I opened my wallet and saw five and gave it to her. And she lit up and asked if I was married and started to shower me with all sorts of blessings, one after the other, all excited. It's pretty incredible how even a small amount can make someone re-energize for life. This pertains to money with the poor, but it also goes well beyond that. You see it with visiting the sick, welcoming people into your home. I'm not the type to invite myself to meals on Shabbat, and after I got divorced, I only got invitations once in a while, so I'd find myself eating alone. For a while, that put me into a depressive state, feeling like no one cared. If a person already feels down, it's sometimes just one or two other things that can happen that could push that person further into depression. But a lot of that is also perspective. I flipped the script by getting more involved and inviting other people over, so if they were in a similar boat, they wouldn't feel so alone. And on Shabbat nights when I was solo, I switched the perspective of feeling bad for myself to switching it to realizing how epic it is to have this solo time in the sacred space with just myself. Singing and saying the brachot by yourself can be a sacred time. And learning and reading when you're just by yourself is also precious. So it's really a matter of being present and having full emunah that whatever space you're in, you're meant to be in and enjoying that for what it is 
rather than what it may not be. The importance of welcoming people into our homes is seen by Avram and Sarah. My son wrote a Dvar Torah at school, and one line really jumped out at me. He wrote, I think the character that we learn from this parasha is respect and trustworthiness. Because when Avram and Sarah see people walk by their tent, they trust them in their house. And the lesson is to respect others, and when you help others, they will help you back. I was blown away by him writing and seeing this because there's so much truth to it. It's not even just that maybe the person will welcome you or pay you back somehow. It's that by welcoming and giving to them, you are giving to yourself. Community and love is something that is created when it's given to. And what one gets back from community and love is priceless. The same is true when fulfilling the mitzvah of visiting the sick. When someone is very sick physically, it often takes a toll on them, making them sick in whatever ways mentally. Often, they feel like there's no hope, which can put a person into a dark space in their mind, which can have massive effects on their physical well-being. Psychologist Barbara Fredrickson suggests that with positive emotion, joy, gratitude, calm, hope, compassion, our vision literally expands, allowing us to make creative connections, seeing our oneness with others and facing our problems with clear eyes. My mom passed away two years ago after years of battling cancer. I recall the doctors would say that they would never know how serious it was from looking at her, and that it was a miracle that she was still with us, and that's because of her keeping a positive outlook. The patients that gave up on life and fell into darkness were the ones that didn't get another few years with their families or their friends. They succumbed to their sickness, and unfortunately it took them far too soon. As hard as it is to have lost her, I'm so thankful that my mom's outlook remained hopeful and optimistic, and that she stayed in a mental space above her physical hardships, because it afforded us a few extra years and memories with her, and most importantly with my kids. I saw the power of taking people to a space of pure joy when we did Hafatzah, spreading joy around LA in this Nanach bus. It's a mini school bus, colorfully painted with Na Nach Nachma Nachman Muman, written in Hebrew all over it in spray paint, which Shlomi Hayun did and my kid also contributed to. My friend Shia picked me and my kids up, then our friend slash family, the Ben Yehudas, and drove towards Hollywood with these three very big speakers blasting Nanach EDM, which hits in a way that's hard not to smile or dance. Every time we hit the red light, with his wife in another car blocking so no one could drive towards us, the kids ran out and started dancing to the music, doing flips. You could see everyone's eyes light up and smiles get big. The joy is hard to describe, but it's palpable. As we drove down Melrose Avenue with music blasting, a biker gang started to drive and do tricks to the left of us. When we were slow enough, side by side, they started one by one giving high fives to each of the kids in their oversized nanakipas. It was an incredible feeling of unity between these two folks that you would never see side by side, a biker gang and some Hasidic Jewish kids. The last stop on the journey was to a kid who was sick in La Brea. As he was outside swinging on a tire with his mom by his side, we pulled up with an inspiring song and the kids formed a circle, holding hands and going toward and away, back and towards each other in circles. The kid kept smiling and for a moment felt what we had felt, the connection, the joy, the light. And that's what visiting the sick is about, increasing their positivity. Of course, on a less physical level than this child and people in the hospital, sometimes it feels as though everyone I know is sick in so many different ways, as physical is tied to mental and emotion. And so many of us struggle with mental and emotional health. That's why I see this Hafatzah journey as visiting the sick in some way, as it's something we all need. In Likutei Ma'aran, Rabbi Nachman teaches that the beginning of devotion of charity, and indeed all devotion and acts of repentance in the service of Hashem, are difficult and demanding. Two parshiot ago in Noah, we learn from Rashi about the verse, these offspring of Noah, that the tzaddik's primary progeny are his mitzvot. Rabbi Nachman applies this to every devotion in the service of Hashem. He compares it to a birth in which the mother cries out in labor pangs at contractions 
in order to birth her progeny, which is especially true for a first-time birth, as it's written in English, like she that gave birth for the first time. As Irma Thomas sang in 67, good things don't come easy. There's an adage, if you see that your livelihood is limited, then give tzedakah. It applies to lack in general. If you feel like you aren't receiving, focus on giving, and that will open up the gates for receiving. Our work is to break hesitancy towards bringing people in. Even if not seen by oneself as cruelty, it's born of cruelty, and it's something every person has to break through to get towards compassion. This is so even in the case of someone who is generous of heart and does give charity. As Harav Elazar Mordechai Koenig says, everyone has a place where they say to themselves, until here and no more. This point of cruelty is what each of us must exert ourselves to break. Dive in deeper at lightofinfinite.com.